You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. Together, let's celebrate God as you grab your seats. Amen. Amen. It's so good. So good to be here today. Want to take advantage of this moment to welcome each of you here to Faith Community Bible Church, where we exist simply to make Christ known in the community by caring for the community. Here it is, y'all. It's the end of a year. It's the end of a year, 2023, y'all, and we are excited to be here today to worship King Jesus together. Y'all, I want to tell you there's so many things um, that we have to be thankful for as we think through and process all that God has done in these last 12 months. And y'all, there's no other place that I'd rather be closing out this year than with my faith community family. And I, I am delighted to do that. If you're a first-time visitor here or this your first time here online, we want to welcome you here. Um, if you are here in person for the first time, um, make, y'all, let's celebrate God for all of our first-time visitors here in the building, right? And if you're here for the first time, make sure you, 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 you slap a high five with somebody who has an orange lanyard. That's our connection team, right? And we would love to know that you're here. Fill out a connection card, scan a QR code. We want to know how we can love on you, pray for you, and serve you in the future, y'all. Today, we're doing something a little different. We like to close out the year with what we call crosstalk. Right, crosstalk. So what we did was, you know, y'all remember previous years, we pre-recorded, right, a, a discussion and a Q&A with the pastors and elders of faith community. Um, and today we said, you know what, we're not going to pre-record. We're going to do live in the building, right, and have a live discussion and a Q&A. We're calling this, again, Crosstalk 2023, right? Now, here, here's, we're we going to have a conversation here, but we want y'all to be a part of it as well. Y'all, after this is over, uh, Pastor Baker's still going to preach. When, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but, but, but we're going we're gonna, <laughs> to, he was like, I'm ready. There's a word, right? Um, but but we want you to also participate in this discussion, right? So we're giving you an opportunity to send your questions, right? You will occasionally see this slide pop up. Got questions. You can text your questions Two three one four six three five eight five three nine. We will get those questions and we will answer those as the best we can. Right? We do have a timer, y'all. We ain't gonna hold you all day, but we our aim in this conversation is to not only assist you at approaching 2024 with clarity, but also to aim for your heart in this time. The aim here is to, is to present a framework for you to know that as we, as we go into this new year, right, everything we need to be who God has called us to be, he's given it to us. We just got to use it. We are equipped for what's to come. So I'm grateful to serve the Lord with such great men of God. Y'all know these guys, right? As we, as we um, begin, y'all, crosstalk today, what I want to do, and we'll start with you, Elder Shelton, um, take, take one second, really, just to, for, for those who may be visitors here, um, those who may be watching online or listening to our podcast, who you are, um, kind of what you do here at Faith Community, and one thing you're excited about. So who you are, what's your role on our elder team, and what are you most excited about? 
Well, good morning, everybody. Give a little feedback. Um, as Pastor Bird said, my name is Anderson Shelton. For the, those of you who don't know, I serve as an elder here. Um, and right now, I serve in a capacity of prayer, leading prayer, uh, you know, leading our church through prayer in, in different various avenues, and trying to get you guys to, uh, you know, come on board with us and uh, pray because, as Pastor Bird said, you know, he wants us to be a ministry that prays. And if we're not a ministry that prays, he would rather God shut the doors of faith mm -hmm. community. So my job is to kind of uh, undergird that vision and to press forward. Um, I'm a husband to Nakia Shelton. Amen. 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 She's been a blessing in my life. I thank God for her. Uh, I got my basketball team back there. Seven kids. <laughs> God has blessed us with an abundance. Amen. Uh, challenging, but man, so, so rewarding and so rich. You know, I, I couldn't see my life without those children back there, and I thank God for them. Um, you said something fun? Are you over time, but you know, <laughs> go ahead. One uh, thing that you're excited about. One thing that I'm excited about is um, this, this coming year, man, and all the things that we have planned and, and the focus uh, for us to be equipped, I, I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about what God is, is going to do through these men of God. Amen. Pastor Baker. Good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. A morning. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Of course, Cassandra. <laughs> for her, it's morning somewhere. Um, I'm Lawrence Baker. I'm one of the pastors here, and I lead um, the missions ministry here um, at Faith Community Bible Church. What I'm most excited about this year is really, really um, doing more in our local community. We've done so much over the last couple of years. We've, uh, we've given to international ministry. We've traveled to, regional, to do regional missions and ministry. But I'm really looking forward to doing local missions and ministry right here in the city of Jennings. And so I'm really, really excited about that. Um, we had 75% missional engagement. We mm -hmm. exceeded 75% yeah. missional Amen. engagement this year. Amen. 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 So I'm aggressive. aggressive. So I'm looking for 100% missional engagement this year. And when I mean missional engagement, I hope we get 100% in our individual lives. My prayer is, is that as a corporate body, that we together in some kind of way uh, participate in our local uh, missions ministry. Man, the courage. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Pastor Darren Goodrich. Um, I am uh, on staff here as pastor at, at the Jennings location, but I will be going forward to lead Faith Community uh, North City. Ooh, ooh. All right. Yeah, I, I was waiting on it because y'all better clap. Uh, anybody want to come with me? Come on. Um, what I'm most looking forward to, I'm just excited about the new year, about pressing forward and going forth in the Lord. And I am super excited about uh, the, the effect that, North, that we will have in North St. Louis City, uh, specifically in our area of Lewis Place. I'm excited. Yeah. Amen. 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 Y'all, we, we, we're excited to, to kick off this conversation today. Y'all, I think that what I'm most excited about, just really, um, for those I don't know, Mike Bird, lead pastor here 
uh, at Faith Community. I'm just excited about the Lord. Amen. Like, I'm excited about the Lord. Like, it'll take forever to just unpack it all, right? But, but God has been just showing some things um, for this next year that has me super-duper excited um, about what's to come. Um, so, so kicking off this conversation, we had a theme for 2023, really experiencing God. How you view God changes how you view everything. One verse that just jumps out to me as we think through that is Psalm 46, where the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in times of trouble. So experiencing God like was super important really to us as we jumped into this new year. And Pastor Baker opened up this year preaching really um, from, from a subject, who is God? And wanted to create that framework for us in experiencing God. So Pastor Baker, I, I just want, I want you to really just kick it off, right? When you talk about who is God, how has that impacted you? And if there was a couple of takeaways, really, that you would want um, the people of faith community, our visitors, to take away about who God is and how that affects, what, what would you share? Right. So I, I, I mentioned it many times, A.W. Tozer's quote, where he says, what we think about God, um, um, the most important thing about us is what we think about God. And I think that that resonates with me because God, he's God. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we could think about some theological deep um, way of expressing it, but he's God. He is God. There's no other God beside him. He's sovereign. <laughs> he is holy. Yeah. He is righteous. Yeah. He is yeah. everything. He yeah. is omniscient. He's He's all-knowing. He's everywhere at the same time. He's all-powerful. He is, is our God. And, uh, you know, what's so amazing uh, about that reality is that him being who he is, he still desires to be in relationship with us. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, to, to me, that's the biggest takeaway about who God is, that he's so sovereign and so holy, and he's above everything. He created everything, and he knows everything about us, and he yeah. still desires a relationship. That, see, that, listen, I know me. I don't know your story. I know mine. Yeah. And I know if God wanted to be in relationship with me, that's amazing God. Because I know all the stuff, stuff that don't nobody else know. I know, and I know God knows. Yeah. And so for him to love us in that way, that regardless of whatever our sin was, whatever um, we've been through, no matter how many people we've hurt, God still desires relationship with us, so much so that he gave the ultimate sacrifice in his son, Jesus Christ, to yeah. die. To die. Yeah. For my sins. Okay. He didn't just die. He died for my sins. Mm, and yeah. so that's an amazing thing to me. A God who is that sovereign and that caring and that loving mm. to really care about, about us in that manner is really powerful to me. So, so I live, I, I really live my life in stereo and just really thinking through and processing just that whole idea of experiencing God. Like, who is God? There was, this has been one song that's really been planned 
in my mind the whole year. God is the joy and the strength of my life. Mm -hmm. He moves all pain, misery, and strife. He promised to keep me, never to leave me, never fall short of his word. I got to fast and pray. Yeah. Yeah. Stay in the narrow way. Keep my life clean every day. Absolutely. I want to go with him when he comes back. I come too far and I never turn back. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that really just really just rests in my heart and just resonates every time I begin to just think through really who God is. And there are so many things that we just really wanted to process as we think through experiencing God. Mm -hmm. Not only who is God, but we talked about God's will for your life and looking to God, right? Looking at Hebrews, right? Um, Where he says, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, really just Pressing into having, having your eyes fixed right. And the idea behind that when we went through that Sunday was just that the issue with us is not that we have a God problem, but we have a seeing problem. Mm. Right? Because we, we tend to not always have our eyes fixed on Jesus. And Pastor Goodrich, in there, you talked about God, how God pursues a love relationship with us. Yeah. How has that impacted you, number one? And then number two, like how would you suggest to somebody who's having a hard time seeing God, having a hard time really grabbing hold of who God is, that he's still pursuing that love relationship with them? Because let's just be honest. Everybody in this room, they they come on Sundays, they come on Wednesdays, they participate in growth groups. But when you say how you view God affects how you view everything, sometimes viewing God biblically is hard when life is lifing. Right. So so how would you how would you suggest them to walk through that? So when we uh, talk about experiencing God, there has been one word that has been on my mind the whole year, and that is intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you say how has this pursuit of how has God pursuing me in love affected me, it has made me develop this deep need for intimacy with God. Um, understanding that everything I do is is an overflow from the time I spend with God. That only reason I can preach or, or sing or talk or smile, any of this stuff, is because I've been spending time with God. It reminds me of when 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 Moses came down off the mountain and he was shining so much mm. they had to cover him because he had spent time with God and it was visible, it was seeable that he spent intimate time yeah. with God and that's that has been my drive for the year that everything will flow from my intimate time with God and that people will be able to see it, to feel it, to know it yeah. simply because I've been with him. Um, and as far as how I would encourage other people about this love pursuit is... Uh, yeah, this is gonna sound crazy. Uh, love them back. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have a real deep theological love them back. You'll realize that when God is loving on you, if you reciprocate that love to Him, you'll be experiencing Him in a deeper way than you ever imagined. You wouldn't even know it. Just the, the normal things of everyday life will start to just melt away because it's just you and God loving on each other. Mm-hmm. It's the same as a relationship that you develop with a person. You want to love that person. But you want that person to love you back. Mm, And so if you're loving on God and God is loving on you, you ain't got time to be worried about what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Not because it's not happening, but because you've been intimate with him. Mm, You spent time with him and you understand the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God, the omnipotence of God, the sovereigns of God. And you know 
that he'll take care yeah. of you. That's very good. Yeah. Very good. That's very good. Which kind of, um, uh, Elder Shelton, a question for you here comes. When Pastor Darren says, just love him back, that's, a que- that's something that I, many of us like. I get that. But you came right after that and taught about um, experiencing God through obedience, which really answers the question of how. And, and really, like if we say experiencing God or how you view God changes how you view everything, there's this question of how. How do I love him back? Especially when I'm being told that my actions are never good enough, that that my, my attempts are as good as filthy rags. How do I love him back? Yeah, man. A question that we all ponder and, and struggle with throughout our lives is, you know, when we hear about the love of God and all that he's done for me, you know, sometimes we ask ourselves, am I doing enough? Mm-hmm. You know, am I, am I showing God enough gratitude, you know, with, with my life and my decisions and my choices? Uh, um, the good news is that, is that I'm always reminded of in Philippians chapter 2, where Paul tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, yeah. but he doesn't leave us hanging there, you know, because a lot of us, if we're honest, we don't feel like we do enough. Mm-hmm. We don't feel like we measure up, and the reality is we don't. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's just the truth. Yeah. The truth is we can never measure yeah. up, yeah. And, and, and it would be to our best, you know, uh, it would be to best, best for us to not try to measure up, but to accept God's love. But he goes on to say, for God mm-hmm. is working in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both to will and to do. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't have to love. We, we can't even love God in our own strength. Mm-hmm. God loves us so much that he gives us his strength in order for us to love him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine that. That's real good. Imagine you pursuing somebody who doesn't even like you, doesn't even want to look at you, doesn't even desire you, and then not only do you pursue them, but you give them the means to love you. Mm. That's the God that we serve. And he's amazing. Mm. So, like, he doesn't leave us hanging, but he gives us his spirit. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going away. But I won't leave you as orphans. I won't leave you alone. But the paracletos, the spirit of God. Man, sometimes we get so deep and we get so intellectual that we miss the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is there. He's God in us. Mm-hmm. He's with us daily and he moves through us in order for us to love God in a way that's pleasing to him. Yeah. Borrowing a quote from Pastor Bird, he says that God's love language is obedience. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, you know, he, like, he says he has a hate-love relationship with love languages, but if, if, if we were to say what God's love language is, it's obedience. Mm-hmm. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my command. Yeah. Obey him. So, 1 John 4, 11, really speaks to that. We're starting at 11, because it's just too good to just, like, jump all the way in. you got to give context for the text, right? 1 John 4, 3, I'm sorry, 11. For this is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. So, so really, really framing that is, 
yeah, we have to love God, but how you view God changes how you view everything. How you view God changes how you view relationships. It changes how you view money. It changes the way you view your neighbor and the people sitting next to you because it pushes you to love, right? Um, We should love one another, unlike Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. The one who does not love remains in death. Mm -hmm. Everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. Well, I ain't never killed nobody, maybe not with your hands, maybe with your words or your attitude you have. Everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has the world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? Little children. Let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. So when we think through and process, really, again, how we view God changes how we view everything. It really pushes us into this realm of love, and we really can't ignore that. We, we put all of this energy on loving God and just think that, like, Loving people, I know I'm supposed to, like, I, I love her, but I don't like her. Mm. There's all these different cliches that we put together. The question is, how do you continue to love when you've been hurt? Like, if, yeah, I see God for who he is, I understand he's powerful, but I'm having a hard time really resting in God, reconciling relationships when I'm experiencing all of this pain from the people that I'm being told to love. I'm being, I'm being told that my love should be in action. So how can I continue to love when I'm experiencing all, all of this pain from the people that I'm supposed to love? That question is for any one of y'all. I, I say you have to lean into the spirit. You have to rely on who you know God to be. Um, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, lean not into your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. That's his word, and we have to, we have to trust on his word, and we have to uh, not, throw it in his, not throw it in his face, because that's irreverent, mm-hmm. uh, but to lean on what he said and promised us that he would do. Yeah. If he, Elder Shelton said it, if he has given us a command, right, he has to give us the abilities to accomplish what he's commanded. Mm-hmm. We can't do this stuff in our own strength. Anybody who tells you that they they got saved and they just automatically started loving everybody, mm-hmm. don't listen to them. They ain't mm-hmm. telling y'all the mm-hmm. truth. There are always going to be things that we have to work up yeah. to, and that's the beauty of sanctification. Mm-hmm. I love that word, sanctification, that I'm not yet now what I will be, mm-hmm. but he's working a process in me to make me become what he wants me mm-hmm. to be. And so... Uh, yeah, I would. You gotta lean on God. Mm. You got to when you're looking at people, and you got some words to say, but yeah. they ain't His words. 
Mm. You know, and that's just the truth of it. Listen, we all up here, elders and pastors, but if you ask any one of us, maybe besides Sheldon, because he don't talk that much, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we've all had moments where it's like, yep, nope, shouldn't say that, you know, because that's just the flesh in us. But as we lean on the spirit, we're able to show more of God's love because we understand his love for us. Mm. Very good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, man, that's good, bro. Uh, one of the things that helps me is the gospel. Yeah. Uh, Jesus told a parable about a man who owed a great sum of money. And that man was forgiven. But then the man had another man under him that owed a lesser sum of money and he didn't forgive him. And Jesus used that parable parable to paint the picture to us of the gospel. God, the maker and creator of heaven and earth, this cosmic being, Lord over all creation. You know, when I, when I sin against my brother, that's one thing. You know, when, when, when I sin against my mom, that's another thing. When I sin against the United States government, that's, that's another thing. You know, each level as you get higher, the consequences get more severe. So if we sin against the, the Lord of all creation, what are the consequences? Mm. Oh. Mm. But God in his love has forgiven us. And when we look at the cross, we see that love and we see that forgiveness. So how can we look at the cross? How can we think about the gospel and hold grudges? How can we think about what God has forgiven us of and hold grudges? So, brother, one thing that helps me is always going back to the gospel. You know, yeah, we do get in those spaces where we want to hold grudges and, and when our flesh wants to rise up, but... Brothers and sisters, we have to always go back to the gospel. We have to always go back to the cross to see how, what, what, what great love God has for us that he's forgiven us of all of our sins. Mm -hmm. yes. And how dare we have the audacity to hold someone else in contempt. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah, amen. That's good. Amen. That's good. Yeah. What, what's the old song? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight, and now I'm happy. I live my life in stereo. It's a song for everything, right? I wish I could sing that quite a bit. So th th this is really, it's really good. You know, it, it, even as we talk about experiencing God, one of, the, one of the big things that we really wanted to get across really in that is that we're not here to build buildings. We're here to build people. And Pastor Baker, you talked about experiencing God through kingdom. You wanted to really get across this idea of kingdom. Talk a little bit about how we can experience God through the kingdom and how we carry that out. The Bible talks about seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm, that's the eight clause of, of that text in Matthew 6. But it's important that that's our focus and our goal. Yeah. It's to seek him first. Yeah. Nothing else matters if I'm not seeking God, the king of the kingdom, Amen. right? The Lord of the kingdom. Um, I, th I think that is vitally important. And when we seek him, you know, we talked about before, and you guys heard it, that there's, there's language that people use in the church that they say things like that they decree and they declare. Hmm. But the decree is not a language of a subject. Hmm. 
decree is the language of the authority. Yeah, that's good. Yes, sir. And so what we do is we declare what the king has decreed oh. in his word. Yeah. And so in seeking the king, we seek what the king has decreed. Uh. And he's decreed for us to live in kingdom. We, we see that in, in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we see him really preparing us for kingdom, not just for church. Mm. Not for your job, not for, yeah. what, no, not, not to go to the mall. He's preparing you for kingdom. And when we are prepared for kingdom, we take kingdom everywhere we go. Mm. Hallelujah. And, and that's the amazing part about it. We're a kingdom individuals and the decrees of the kingdom help shape and form who we are as kingdom representatives. So, so I'm, I'm going to ask you to dig a little deeper there. That is so good. Human or not human, but Christian responsibility in kingdom. We know we have responsibility because Scripture says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You and I just had, we've had great conversations about that responsibility and how he's given us the keys yes. to the kingdom. Talk a little bit about our responsibility as followers of Jesus in the kingdom. The first responsibility is to be followers of Jesus, yeah. to follow him. That's that that's the idea of discipleship, being a disciple of Jesus Christ is I'm a learner, a pupil, mm-hmm. right? But not just one who, who gathers information, but one who gathers information, applies it, and then does it. You know, when we do what the master has taught us to do, and when we, that's the first step, is to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to be learners and followers of Jesus, and then to really live that out, right, in our everyday life. Right. Um, we shouldn't have. So, so 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 growing up, we, had, you know, we had church clothes. We had church clothes growing up. You know, it's a little different time now. We had church clothes. Church clothes was the shoes that tied up. Right. It was it was just the suit and, and the little the little the little clip on tie. That was church clothes. <laughs> and I think sometimes we approach our life with the Lord in that manner. We put on our church clothes. We put on our church life. Mm. We put on when we're coming to church. But what, what really God is calling us to is to come here and get dressed. Yeah. yeah. We come and get dressed. We come and get clothed when we come here through, through the sharing of the word, through fellowship, through, through praying together as a community. And then we go out dressed up in the things of God as kingdom representatives yeah. and they yeah. know who we are because we we have come in and we've gotten dressed and we walked out and so um i think that's the thing live it and then the last thing as kingdom dwellers we want to make sure that we are sharing that that we're leading others in that that we are we, we are um, sharing the gospel of jesus christ evangelism yeah. Right? Evangelism. You ain't got to have no sign and be, you know, bouncing up and down and passing out tracks to do evangelism. You could do evangelism um, over, over lunch with your coworker. You could do evangelism over the fence with your neighbor. We can do evangelism with the cash register at the grocery store. Everywhere we find ourselves, we want to make sure that we're living out the gospel in a way that we're sharing it and then doing life with others to help them grow in that relationship as well. It's really good. That's really good. So, so here's another question that came in that I think really kind of fits in that lane. Because, I mean, many times people find themselves exactly where you are, you know, what you just shared. And it's this tough place of what's next or 
How do I get out of the slump? What's one thing you would say to someone, this is for anybody, what's one thing that you would say to someone who in many ways feel as though they have lost their way um, and not just has a hunger but a thirst to get on track with the Lord? So I I think that is a really good question. It's like, hey, I I know where I'm supposed to be, but I I, I need to to know how to get there. I know what you're telling me is right. Um, My rhythms are just, you know, I I remember my freshman year of college, they said that um, habits are formed, and it may have changed since then. They said habits are formed when you do something 18 to 20 times, it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. It becomes a part of your natural rhythm, right? And it's like, man. I've been doing this thing for so long, it's all I know. But I've also heard later on, one of my former pastors would always say, you can't bend an oak tree. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to be an oak tree. Mm-hmm. How do I bend? How do I break these habits to get on track to where I need to be? Right. Well, I take this in line with what we're talking about. Scripture yeah. teaches us that if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, mm-hmm. we shall be filled. We have to have a desire to carry this out, the desire mm-hmm. to live in kingdom. And, and it don't always feel good. Um, we, we don't always succeed at it, but if I'm hungry and I'm thirsting for righteousness, he'll fill me through his spirit, prepare me and equip me to carry out what he's calling me to. And, and I think that's it. Listen, we don't have it in us to do it, but his spirit enables a will that desires to do what God said, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so again, I said it a couple weeks ago, and I said that we are in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit ain't dragging nobody by the, by the hair and making you go and live right for the Lord. No, no. When we say, God, I hunger and thirst for righteousness, and the Holy Spirit equips us to carry out that which we know pleases God. Yeah. That's good. I, I, think, I tend to think about this in light of, like, when I get hungry for food, what do I do? Yeah. I go get me something to eat. Mm-hmm. If I'm hungry with food, I don't fix the plate and just look at it. Right, right. Right, if I'm thirsty, I don't just, you know, go get me a red cup of Kool-Aid mm-hmm. and just look at it. You get the, get the, get the grape Kool-Aid. You get, get the grape. Grape Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? Or the orange. <laughs> I, like, I don't just look at it. I take it in. Mm-hmm. I ingest it. And it has to be the same way right. with the Word of God. Right. Right. We have to ingest it. Right. And if that bite is too big, then what I do, I get me a fork yeah. and a knife and I chop it up, yeah. I cut it. Yeah. I remember, right, uh, like, like think, think about it this way. Well, maybe you like, well, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I ain't into apologetics like Shelton. I can't really unpack intimacy like Pastor Dern. Romans 12 don't quite hit me like it do uh, Pastor Baker. So what do I do? Well, let's grab some baby food. Mm-hmm. It, it's okay to drink milk. Mm-hmm. You feed it to your baby. Mm-hmm. Like, like, think about it. Yeah. For, for even a new believer, like, your baby don't, when your baby come out the womb, right, your natural baby come out the womb, you just don't, all right, it's time for some soul food because it'll tear up their insides. But you're going to give them, you're going to give them information or you're going to give them something that they can take in. And I mm-hmm. think that we, we have to think through that way. Mm-hmm. Another, another thing that, that I want to mention too here is that even as we talk through experiencing God, how you view God affects how you view everything. Loving God, loving others, all of that. Our youth and students play a huge part in this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, though, like, I mean, we, we do Wednesdays, 
you know, for them, they, they shout out, well, Sister Christina, wave your hand. Shout out, let's celebrate God for her. Has done a great job this year at even leading our kids. And one of the questions really that we have is like, all right, this is all good, but what are we planning for kids and students? And, and that's a really good question. We're asking you, hey, talk to Sister Christina. She has a plan for that that she unpacked a little bit um, a couple weeks ago. But we, we want our kids to be involved in this as well. And parents will tell you, we want them involved. You got to get them here. You, you got to get them here. Get them involved. We, we took them to camp this year, and we saw an experience like never before mm. with those yeah. students at Eagle Sky. Mm. And that's one of the things that we, that we plan to, to implement um, again this year. And you'll be, hearing, you'll be hearing more about that in a couple weeks. It's going to take... All hands on deck to make that happen. Y'all, don't forget, send your questions. Throw that slide up for me. Send your questions if you have any. 314-635-8539. Send, um, send us your questions. Send us your questions if you have any. Anything about 2023 or what's to come, shoot your questions there. Here's another one, y'all. So we, um, halfway through the year, we began a new series through the book of Romans, Roman through Romans, if, if that, you know, if we had to label it something. And it has been interesting to walk through it, helping us to really shape our minds, such a, a book that is so theological. And we've been really working intently to have people to see, have you guys to really see the practicality, if will, in the doctrines of Romans. The question is, so far in Romans, what has been your biggest takeaway? If there's one thing in the first nine chapters of Romans that you could drill home, what would that be? Everybody just look at Anderson. There we are. <laughs> uh, for me, man, that would be a five-letter word, grace. 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 Um, Paul doesn't pull any punches starting off that book. He just, you know, he takes off the makeup, snatches our wigs off, you know, takes all of it off and shows us who we really are. You know, we, we trash, you know. I know that they told you in school to have self-esteem, but the truth of the matter is that, man, when we compare ourselves to God's righteousness, man, we fall so short. Mm. And we're so messed up. No matter how much we try to pump ourselves up or dress ourselves up or, you know, whatever. Paul doesn't pull any punches, but, and he does that for a reason. He does that to show us the supremacy of grace, yeah. the supremacy of Christ, the supremacy of God's love that he showed through Christ and that he gave his very best. You know, because Romans tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all messed up. But when we come to the foot of the cross, when we see God's love mm -hmm. being shown through the nail-scarred hands yeah. and yeah. the thorn of the crown of thorns and the spear hole in his side, the nails in his feet, and we see what God has done for us, the, the word that pops up in my head is grace. Because yeah. I know what I've done. I know where I've been. I know who I am. But God still loves me in spite of all of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you say grace, and I mean, I see it there, brother. I do, but that grace leads me to another word, and that's gratitude. Yeah. 
these whole nine chapters, just even, we've been dealing with the sovereignty of God and all this gratitude is mm -hmm. what I see because I see what you're talking about there. I see what it cost them. I, I see what, what, who I was in comparison to who he is. And then I see what he's done mm -hmm. uh, for me, the, mm -hmm. what it cost him to redeem me yeah. back mm -hmm. to himself. And yeah. I, gratitude um, yeah. has been my, my word for the, these first nine. Um, and without throwing us back, I wanted to go back to the previous question real quick. How do we deal with trying, uh, you know, pushing in when we don't see God? Uh, pause and press in. Those would be my two, my two words. Pause and press in. Pause, taking account of where you are. Yeah. And this, this, take, this pours into everything we're talking about. Take a true account of where you are. Pause. Why am I overwhelmed? Why do I feel distant? Why do I feel like I can't make it? Because God has already decreed who I am. Mm -hmm. So, so pause and take account of where you are in life and then press in. Press in to God. Press into your community. Press into prayer. Press into your yeah. Bible. Press in. Don't just stay there yeah, yeah, because yeah. you feel disconnected or stagnant, but press in. And just to round it back up to this question, you'll realize how good God has been to you, and you'll see grace and you have gratitude. It's yeah. really good. Well, for me, it's the scripture, um, Romans uh, 1, 16, 17. Uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, yeah, for it sure. is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believed, to the Jew first and then the Greek, for in it the righteous revealed from faith to faith. Mm -hmm. the, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Yeah. And so I think that's the summation to me. Really, if you gave Romans a title, scripture, I think that would be it. That, that this is a thesis, it's a thesis statement on the book of Romans. Mm -hmm. and, and, and as you stated, it's very theological, but it's also practical. Yeah, very. It's very practical. Very. You, know, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just um, a fact for us to believe. Yeah. Right? But, but it's, it's about a life that we should live. Yeah. And I think that is the big, the, for me, the big takeaway from all of the, the, the book of Romans. It's, re it's really good. It's really good. Um, is the whole book of Romans, would you, would you say that the whole book of Romans is hinged on Romans 1, 16 and 17? I would say yes. I think it expresses every, every subject matter that is opened up in detail in the book of Romans. It's really right? good. Really good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think so far for me, Really, my favorite chapter in Romans really has been Romans 8. Mm -hmm. it, it, it always does me well to be reminded of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because I tend to forget how the Holy Spirit operates in my life. Mm. But because I love being in control of my own life, and then I get reminded of, I'm, that I'm not in control at all, right? And just thinking through, you know, how the Spirit of God is moving every single day in my life. And, and really going through really Romans 8 verses 1 through 27 makes Romans 8, 28 hit a little differently. We know that all things work together mm -hmm. yeah. for the good of those who love God, yeah. who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn 
uh, among many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, really understanding and wrapping my mind around the ministry of the Holy Spirit helps me to realize that, like, I've been called, I've been summoned, I've been invited yeah. into relationship with God, not by my own doing, right. but because the mercy and the grace of an all-knowing God. Yeah. And, and even thinking through that, it really kind of ties back into really those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm -hmm. Because the hunger that comes, you know, hungering and thirsting for righteousness is actually something that the Holy Spirit deposited into me. Mm -hmm. Right? Which, which leans me into another question. Right? If we hunger and thirst for righteousness and it really comes from the Holy Spirit, what do we say then to a Christian who has experienced these challenges that result in a loss of appetite, really similar to the, a loss of appetite that, that's similar to heartbreak or similar to grief, knowing, I mean, and, and in that we know all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. I mean, we get that, but grief and heartbreak sometimes, if we're honest, cause you to lose your appetite. What do we say to somebody who experiences those type of challenges? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, the appetite, you just said, that's something that's inherent in us because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Um, you know, I, I, I think to, to, I think to, for me, and I'll explain this statement, for me to lose my appetite is like me losing my salvation. Hmm. And the reason being is that I didn't do anything to get my salvation. I, I didn't do anything to, to get me saved. I didn't do anything to get me my appetite. To hunger and thirst for righteousness is not inherent in the sinner. Mm -hmm. that, that comes when we are saved and regenerated and the Holy Spirit indwells our life. What we have to do is make sure that we don't revert back to an old appetite. Because we eaten, we eaten, uh, we eaten something, something. <laughs> something, yeah, right. And so, so it's important that we do the things that are necessary, like spending time in our Word, spending quality, intimate time with God. You know, and you know, if you're not eating, you leaning into malnourishment, you're starving yourself. Right, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And 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 so so, but the thing is, is though we eat junk, <laughs> we eat things that feed that appetite that's connected to our sinful man, mm -hmm. right? And so that's how we lose or feel like we've lost our appetite for that which is good to us mm -hmm. because we, lean, we find ourselves at times in our life leaning into this suffering without acknowledging God, leaning into yeah. the heartbreak and heartache without acknowledging God. But I think it's so vitally important uh, that Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord, lean not to thy own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. Hard times will come. Struggles will come. You won't always feel like it. It won't always feel good. But I just keep thinking about it. I don't think the cross felt good. I don't yeah. think it felt good for Jesus to die yeah. for what somebody else did. I just don't believe it. And so if I can trust the power of God in my life, like Jesus said, your will be done. Your will be done. Listen, this is the thing I ask. We celebrate God. I promise I won't get into no 
when everything is good, we say, God, you are amazing. You are, yeah, yeah, yeah. and God, I trust your will, and God, whatever you say. But if God told you that my will, my will for you is to suffer. Yeah. See, it's one thing to shout when his will is for you to be the great evangelist or for you to be a, a musical uh, artist or for you to serve this, that, and the other. But what happens when he tells us that his will for us to be pleasing to him, to carry out what his desire is for our life is to suffer. Who's shouting now? Who's shouting now? Who, who's celebrating and running around, right? Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm going to have questions. I'm just trying to be real. I'm just, yeah. God, you know, is, is, is there another way? Right? So, so, but my point in, in all that is, is that the reality is he has called us to that. Yeah. As Pastor Berg said in, in Romans, the eighth chapter, he said, we are accounted as sheep prepared for the slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you yeah, as some yeah, strange yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't strange. This is your call. How many of you know a call to salvation is a call to suffering? That's right. Uh, right? That's salvation it. came through suffering. Bake, so who are it. we not to You to said suffer? it, Bake. You said, I gotta, I'm going to have some questions. Jesus had questions. Yeah, he did, didn't he? When he was in that garden, he said three times. <laughs> yeah. He said, Lord, wait a minute. Hold on now. Wait, hold on. Is there another way? <laughs> he said, <laughs> Is there another, yeah. just one other way? Come Try on. to find something else. But nevertheless, here's the, here's, that's where you shout. Yeah, nevertheless. nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And when he said it, though, he still came back and asked the question again. He yeah. kept asking. He asked that question so long it says sweat dropped yeah, right, like blood right, right, right. came from his forehead. The, his apostles, his inner crowd, his homies fell asleep Sleep. because Come he on. was questioning God. We say don't ask God questions. No, no, no. no. I'll suffer if that's what you want me yeah, to, but yeah. I got some questions. Come on. Come on, I'll do it if that's what you want me to, but I yeah. definitely got some questions. And for you to say you don't, you know, come, come I, I heard something like, I think the joy in, you know, in suffering that we tend to miss is that even when Jesus was walking through his suffering, he didn't have to suffer by himself. Mm. Right. Not right. only did he have people on different crosses, other suffering people were suffering with him, because mm -hmm. we tend to think that I'm, I'm, I'm the only mm -hmm. one going through this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the case. But, here, but here's something else. Long before he got to the cross, when he was carrying his cross up to go got the hill, even what he was going through seemingly too heavy for him, yeah. he had Simon the Cyrene to come alongside and mm -hmm. help him, yeah. which brings Galatians 6 to bear. Mm -hmm. We ought to bear one another's burdens, yeah. 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 right? So, like, we're not yeah. called to go through this suffering yeah. alone. Yeah. Like, we are to be with each other yeah. through this. Yeah. Like, like yeah. E even as we think through that, which kind of leans us into really where we aiming to for 2024, Equipped. Mm -hmm. Everything that God wants us to do, he's already given us the tools to get it done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We have yeah. what we need, yeah. right, to get it done. So, 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 so now, leaning off of Romans into our, our theme for 2024, equipped. Mm -hmm. Each one of you guys, take a moment to, just to encourage in that. Equipped, what does that mean to you? How, like, how, how do you plan to carry that out, and how would you call people, what would you call people to, to help you carry, carrying that out? Pastor Baker, let's start with you. Equipped. 
Well, you know, when I think about equipped and, and, and how we phrase that, we have everything we need, I think so, so vividly about when Jesus was teaching the, the 5,000 men and their families, and the disciples said, we got to send them away so, we, so they can eat. And Jesus said, no, no, don't send them away. We got everything we need right here. Go get yes. the little boy and his lunch. And he blessed the lunch. And it was able, through that little boy's lunch, to feed everybody that was there with leftovers. Mm. And so I believe that it's important that we remember that because of Christ and because of the presence of um, the Holy Spirit in our life, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Mm. It's inherent in each one of us. And we need to do whatever we can to be intentional about growing in the gospel relationship with Jesus Christ. That's personal study and prayer time. And then that's doing life with other people who can help and encourage who God has, how God has equipped you and desired for you to carry out what he's called you to. It's really good. So as, as, we, as we think through equipped, uh, and I'm coming back to you guys, um, Shelton and Goodrich, um, to really give us a framework, a biblical framework for equipped, I want to I wanna take us to 2 Peter. Uh, chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Here's what he says. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us very great and precious moments so that through them, you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That whole um, passage there is saying, hey, you are equipped. Mm -hmm. He's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. What's your takeaway, Elder Shelton? No excuses. We have no room for excuses. Um, We hold on to our excuses or we make our excuses our security blanket because of fear because of doubt, because of all these things that come into our mind. Uh, but we, we, we have to be like Paul. We have to be persuaded that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing is able to separate us from our call. You know, he, he, gives, he gives the call without repentance. Mm, yeah. You know, he, he knew who you were before he called you. Mm. And like Moses, you know, we want to bring up our stuttering and, and bring up our insufficiencies, but God reminds us, I've equipped you. Yeah. I've given you everything you need, so go. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to trust and obey? Mm. Yeah. Because right. there's no other way to live happy in Jesus but to trust, <laughs> trust and obey. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Pull out that hymn, brother. Uh, you know, I, he speak. He thinks in stereo. I think in hymns. 
as a hymn for everything. Mm. Hymn. No, the one I say got an L in it. It's a, oh, anyway, <laughs> uh, when I think about <laughs> when I think about equipped, uh, I think about the fact that we all, like you said, we already have uh, because we have the Spirit. Mm. And so I, I think about when uh, when 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 Moses was at the, the Red Sea, and and God told him use. He, he told him to use what he already had yeah. in his hand. Yeah. And 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 oftentimes we are distracted by what we think we don't have. Mm. Uh, mm. But as you ingest the word, as you as you walk in the light of the Lord, as you walk in the spirit, you are already equipped mm. with what you have. That scripture says it. And so oftentimes my suggestion to, to us would just be use what you have in your hands. Mm. Uh, he's giving you power, the Bible says, to overcome the enemy. We, we, we over-spiritualize that and, you know, they got snake handlers. And all. I ain't saying do that. What I'm saying is, is to rely on what God has already given you. And then my, my I got to pull a baker here. I got to pull in my life verse. Matthew 6, 32 and 33 tells us God knows already yeah. what yeah. we have need yeah. of. But yeah. seek ye first the kingdom of heaven yeah. and all of his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. So as you're seeking, he's adding. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have what you need. Mm. Use what's in your hands. Yeah. Now, close, closing this out, y'all. Closing this out. If we're honest, when we think equipped, As pastors, y'all are telling us we're equipped. We have everything we need. But I don't feel like it. I don't feel equipped. I don't feel like I have everything I need pertaining to life and godliness. In fact, I got a laundry list of things that I want because sometimes my wants gets mixed up with my needs. But that's a whole nother conversation. And the reality is, is that we want to create a culture, a climate, and environments where you can really begin to realize what God has placed in your hands that you tend to miss on an everyday basis. Mm -hmm. We pray for gospel opportunities and walk past them every single day. We pray that God will give us more time to spend with him, but we scroll for hours upon hours a day. We pray for time not only with the Lord, but also with family, when we can create these, God, if I just had more money to do this, when really we just need a lesson on stewardship. All these different things happening, but here's what the scripture says. 2 Peter 1, verse 9. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, Make every effort to confirm your call and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in truth, you now have. I think it is right. As long as I am in this bodily tent to wake you up with a reminder, since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has indeed made clear to me. And I will also make every effort so that you are able to recall these things mm -hmm. at any time after my departure. Yeah. 
Reality is, y'all, there's going to be several opportunities and platforms that we have for discipleship, that we have for you to grow, right? Um, Be it Sunday gatherings, be it Wednesday Bible study, be it it Man Cave Monday or Women of Faith gatherings or the different things that we do within the body for you to grow. But here's the reality. As we really begin to help you understand that you are equipped and God has given you tools, right? You can plug in all day, but if you don't begin to create rhythms in your own life where you begin to, you pray and ask God to help you to see what he's placed you with, no matter how much we talk, even when we gone, you still going to miss the tools. We yeah. definitely, like, we, we, we want to take serious our responsibility right. to develop people who are growing in the gospel. But you have to take ownership for your own faith. That's right. We, we, we're going we're gonna to embody the scriptures. What is it, First Peter, where he says, shepherd the flock among you. You are among us. If you are a member of faith community, you're among us, and we want to shepherd you well. But we can't want you to break through the glass ceiling more than you want to break through the glass ceiling. We can't want your deliverance for you better than you want your deliverance for you. We can't want your maturity for you more than you want the maturity for you. Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.